Welcome to All the Gear But No Idea, the South Australian fishing podcast hosted by Rody and Diz. The boys will share their tall tales of the one that got away, as well as some regular segments they know all you fishing tragics will enjoy. G'day guys and welcome to All The Gear But No Idea. We're up to episode 17 of the Great South Australian Fishing Podcast. I'm joined here by Diz. How are you? Yes, fantastic, Brody. How are you, mate? Yeah, always good here chatting a bit of fishing and we have got a big guest today, Diz. Absolute ripping guest, a South Australian icon who does some fantastic charitable work. Andrew Costello, South Aussie with Cozzy. And uh, Cows for Cambodia is what he gets around over there, isn't he, Rudy? Yeah, so it's great to have a chat with Cozzy today. He's passionate about the state, he loves wedding a line, and he's certainly travelled to more places within South Australia than you and I put together. So hopefully he's got a few tips for us for where we should plan our next holiday. Yes, I sure hope so. I'm really looking forward to having a chat with him. But before we do that, Rudy, we're going to have to get into the oranges and lemons of the fortnight that has been... And I'm going to kick us off, mate, because I've just come back from a week of annual leave and I'm absolutely cheering about it. Had a great time away on Yorks. Yeah, we'll hear all about Dizzy's fishing escapades later on, but I've sort of got a little bit of a rumour you might not have caught that much while I wasn't there, which is probably no surprise. <laughs> Broke the hoodoo of being able to catch fish when you're not there, mate. <laughs> Only just. What was your orange, mate? Oh, look, mate, I can't go past the, uh, the mighty power. How good. Got a big prelim coming up. Our boy Tommy Jonas. Oh, jeez. He has been on fire since he came on this show. And, and it's no no coincidence. No, it's not. And all the in boys fact, get around the podcast, though. We've had a bit of you know, Hamish Hartlett has a listen. I think Tommy Cleary, they love it. They do, I think. I think they sort of use it as a bit of a rever. They do. They do so far. They, they're hearing this. Give us a shout-out, boys. We uh, we love having you as listeners. Absolutely. Rody, what's your lemon? Uh, I reckon you bloody nicking off with me boat and going fishing without me. <laughs> you flat. Didn't get you an invite. Dizzy said, oh, I'm going to York's for a week. Oh, yeah. My invite must have got lost in the mail. <laughs> Sorry, Chief. You didn't have work. If you didn't have work, mate, you would have been more than welcome. Anyway, that's my lemon. Getting okay. uninvited off my own boat. <laughs> All right, well, my lemon was uh, Millie out fishing me. Uh, one of our sessions basically could not get my rod in water for one of our sessions. She just kept pulling them in, hand over fist, and she's she doesn't like pulling them off the hook. So I was just standing there unhooking fish for the first 20 minutes, and I finally got amongst the action. And how big was that fish you caught, Diz? Oh, mate, it went 48 and a half. 48 and a half centimetre King George Whiting. It was an absolute stonker. They get thick at that size too. They do, they get real girthy. Yeah, I'm happy with that. Rody, give the listeners out there an update on the merch because we did just do a little post to remind everybody about these caps and stubbies, but they want to hear it on the episode. Tell them about it, mate. Yep, now we've got caps for 25 bucks. If you purchase two, you get a free stubby holder. They are selling well. They are. That's a no-brainer before summer, isn't it? Oh, the UV rays are just starting to warm up. I'd be getting a cap, especially if you've got a big old forehead like Dizzy. (laughs) Make sure you put it away. (laughs) 
Uh, how much are the stubbies ready? Ten for one. Ten bucks three each. For 20. Three for twenty. You got it. And there's also you may have seen if you are tuning to our YouTube channel, which you will hear about later in the episode. Yes. Uh, the the big Diz and myself modelling the uh, samples of the t-shirts. So uh, if you like the look of them, let us know because they're potentially in the pipeline too. Big thanks to Oartuk. Yeah, one, one random trading coast, Swale and the crew there Swale have the crew for getting looked around after us. That's very good. Very good indeed of them. All right, Rody, um, Mate, you are usually the one who buries your head in the books, but I have come through with the goods this week on the news, haven't I? We had a whole week off work, so you, could have, up. you could have at least scrolled a little bit of uh, a little bit of Google to find <laughs> me some news. <laughs> Dished a bit up, but I think let's let's just hit the listeners with the big news to start with. It's a it's broken over the weekend. Great fan of the show, Lee Van Soos, has put up a post on her personal Facebook page, which has alerted more people to the changes of the MARFAC. And they have been announced, the, those new members, there's six new members and an independent chair. The independent chair is Sharon Sturrock. Served on many other national and local boards, including Animal Health Australia, Grains Research and Development, Corp, Rural Business Support and RAA amongst others and she will be the independent chair which has been something that I think a number of people have been looking forward to. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, look, I think that that's a positive announcement and sounds like she's got a lot of experience. Yes, I think she does. She has definitely got experience and um, her role as independent chair will basically be to advise the MARFAC on corporate governance. She will be chairing the meetings and also manage interactions between MARFAC and the Department of Primary Industries and Regions. Uh, and David Basham will be the man there that uh, will be the go-to. Yep, so along with her to chair the, the committee or the uh, the council, tell us about who else they've brought on, Diz. Well, they've uh, got six other members and they've gone to a number of different stakeholders uh, sort of in the recreational fishing industry and Alicia Bolotho will be the Fishing Trade Association member. Andrew Smith is a lobster fisherman from the southeast. Lee Van Soos, great fan of the show and supporter of the show. She's an excellent game fisherwoman and, and uh, Brian Stokes, another game fisher. Mick Wilson, uh, he's from Wreckfish SA, he'll be on there, and Rob Wilson, who is a pro fishing rod maker. I look forward to taking my sabre blank down to him or one of his colleagues to do us up a nice tuna stick. Yeah, we've been in there and had a real, a real service before, I, I think, haven't we? have. Yeah. Great guy. Yeah. Yeah, and Great it's good guy. that... So two of those new guests have been uh, former... Two of those new members on the panel have been former guests of the show, Diz. They have. They have, and it's excellent that they've been on the show. We are going to spread the good word. We look forward to Marfac making some good inroads because I think it's safe to say the last sort of period of time has been a bit bumpy for them. Would you agree? Well, they seem to have just hit a standstill, really, haven't they? Yeah, they have. And uh, look, I don't think that's through fault of their own, but a bit of a change up, um, an independent chair, as we mentioned, and you know a number of other factors, I'm sure, have contributed to people leaving that uh, committee but uh, back on track and we'll look forward to getting some insights as to what they're up to yeah certainly and the big thing that we would like to hear out of them is this uh, recreational fishing license we'd like to hear something out of the survey wouldn't we Diz? we would we'd love to know some results of the survey and we do look forward to hearing about that i know that 
Minister Basham has been out talking about things. He's been on another show, I believe, Rodian, has made some commentary about the RFL being unlikely yes. due to a lack of support. So certainly no official announcement, so we don't want to be jumping the gun there. But uh, anything that we've heard on the grapevine is pointing to an RFL being unlikely. Mm. Would you agree? Yeah, certainly that's the word, but as you say, we'll wait till we hear it 100%. Yes, we will. We won't jump the gun. All right, well, that has been some big news, hasn't it? It has. Good work there, Diz. Now, what have you got for us about the tuna? All right, mate. So I've been reading an article. It was headlined, Tuna Value Dropping, Industry Must Plan Ahead. So this article was essentially talking about how the catch of tuna has substantially increased over a period of time but the money and the dock value has not substantially increased. So, for example, fisheries caught 500,000 more metric tonnes in 2018 than 2012, but were paid $500 million less in dock value. All right, so what does that tell us, Diz? Does that blow your mind? What does it tell us? People aren't paying as much. So it's becoming more affordable. I suspect so. But it's a sashimi for dinner is becoming uh, easier for people to get. Yes, yeah. I mean, the tuna industry is $40 billion a year business, but commercial fisheries worldwide are hauling in much bigger catches to service demand, but the value is dropping. And over the long term, there needs to be a science-based approach to keep the revenue high without depleting the stock. So we don't want to just keep catching more and more and more and not getting any value for it. And is this a, an Australian study or is this worldwide numbers, Diz? Couldn't tell you, mate. Oh, good research, anyway. Because <laughs> <laughs> I did think that we've mentioned... I, I, I suspect it would be um, Australia-wide. Okay. What yeah. would you say? Or? Look, I don't know. I thought we'd read that the, uh, the tuna were pretty sustainable in Australia. <laughs> Couldn't tell you, mate. But uh, interestingly, out of that article, the skipjack, which is a staple for, this, uh, for the tuna supermarket range, has accounted for about 58% of all tuna landed in 2008. But it only accounted for 40% of the value. So we're saying that is the, the cheapest of the tuna. It is. There's some other tuna, I think it's the large-eyed bluefin or something like that. That's what reaches the highest value for the Japanese markets. Yes. Yeah. Yeah. That's about all I've got out of that report, mate. Sorry for my little uh <laughs> lacked lack attention to detail there, but um we we might report back a bit later about that. We'd certainly love a bit more information out of you, a few more details. <laughs> well, I am just I have clicked on the, the website that you had listed and it's talking about the Atlantic and the Mediterranean bluefin. So I'm gonna jump the gun it's and all say it's all it's worldwide. That it might be worldwide. Okay. United States, we're talking Japan, we're, we're talking worldwide here, I guys. guess there's one thing we learn is, you know... Don't trust Dizzy for stats <laughs> or... <laughs> you wouldn't be trusting me to bury my head in the books week in, week out, would you? I might take over the, the uh, fishing news again <laughs> next week, guys. So I apologise for Dizzy's incompetence. All right, here's something you can talk about. The recreational rock lobster Southern Zone has opened. Ready? Yep, so that opened at the start of October. So I've seen a few photos floating around of a few southeast fishermen getting a couple, either diving or in pots. I was down there on the weekend, didn't take the dive gear. Mm. But, Disappointing. Yeah, should have. Should have really. Re- didn't have anyone to go with. I'm a, I'm a real safety safety uh, 
It's advisable to dive with two, isn't it? Yeah, I didn't have a buddy. Okay, fair enough. Anyway, yeah. so the Northern Zone opens on November 1. So that's basically everywhere but the southeast of the state. So yeah. KI, York Peninsula, Air Peninsula, things like that. Yeah. And I've been reading on the uh, Persa website as they announced this Southern Zone opening that they would like to have a timely reminder to everybody that catching illegally lobster is heavily penalised. Two Victorian men and a Mount Gambian man have been fined $17,000 in total, and they've each had a conviction recorded against their name. 17 illegally caught lobster. Eight of those were undersized. They were caught when they were back at the ramp, coming back. When were they They didn't caught? have navigation lights oh. on. So it was just, it was an absolute shambles. Have you got Mate. me some details of when they were caught? They were caught after dark at the ramp. Like in the last couple of weeks, though? No, no this, this was a long time ago. Okay, this I was just was wondering if we ago. also could have that, had a COVID breach. No, the, the conviction has okay. been uh, now finalised. Okay, no, I was just thinking the, the fact that the Vic men and the Mount Gambia men were fishing together, I thought we might have a COVID <laughs> breach on our hands. <laughs> that could have been a nasty breach. Yes. Anyway, we've also got the Goolwa cockle season will open shortly on November 1st. Yes. So we need to go down there and fill the freezer before our KI trip. Yes. And any other trips, we nip over to York Peninsula to get some tingers. Yes, we do. Although, we could always just go down to Christie's Beach and get some of the uh, nitro cockles. Oh, mate. Now we're talking. That nitro stuff is good gear. We haven't tried the nitro cockles. Dizzy forgot to pick up his little bag oh, before no, we went over there. Sorry, boy, boy promised him a beautiful bag of nitro mm, cockles. Might have to get amongst those soon, mate. I reckon we might need to uh, plan a trip. We do, yes. Next weekend. Right, another fishing news out of Perza has been Gulf St. Vincent's snapper stocks decline further has been the headline. Research has shown that stocks have regressed from depleting to depleted. But interestingly, this data has come from before the closure. So it basically indicates that the government has done the right, the right thing. thing. That's what they're out about spruiking and they're looking forward to collecting some more data after a full year of the closure. Uh, they're going to be sampling some over autumn 2021 next year and to see whether a successful spawning pulse has worked and the numbers are increasing. So we look forward to seeing what's happening there. I'm very interested in what's going to happen with this snapper stuff. Yes, it will be. Well, January 2023 is when they're planning on opening. I think there'll be uproar if they January 2023? That's still three more years. Yeah, it is. Hell. No, well, it's really two when you come to January. It's only... Yeah, okay, okay. waits to Christmas. Yeah, yeah, okay. Okay, we've got another little bit of news here which we've seen floating around on Facebook. Saypol are out and about telling people about their new fleet of jet skis. Two new jet skis. It's going to be patrolling the beaches and the Murray. They had a targeted operation in the Riverland last week and they handed out some expiation notices to a number of unlicensed boat operators. Naughty, naughty. Certainly my impression <laughs> is there's more people... Illegally boating on the river, isn't it? Oh, we, yeah. People think they can get away with it. I would have thought so. Probably not as much. Well, I mean, this this is not... I don't mean this because it's just as dangerous on the river. But, you know, people just on the river, there's plenty of different places. They just sort of sneak through some back creeks or something. I it's don't perceived as safer. Yes. People yes. jump on jet skis, unlicensed, things like that. Yeah, well, actually, one person did get picked up for operating a jet ski unlicensed and... Uh, 
they got in a lot of trouble for it. But basically, Sapol have come out and said, look, it's going to be better for them. They'll be able to access some shallow water in places where their current fleet can't go. So they're happy with that. 2019-2020 uh, financial year, Sapol recorded 316 marine-related incidents with six water rescues and issued 152 expiation notices. I think they're hoping not to capture more people. They're hoping to educate more people. And they're hoping to be out there and patrolling the waters a bit more, Rody. Yeah, good to hear. We want to keep everyone safe on the water. Yes, there'll be an RBT as well. So that's a timely reminder that if you are enjoying alcohol on the water, we suggest you do that in moderation. We suggest you drink light beers. You take plenty of water on a fishing trip. Don't go down a creek for five hours with one can of Solo. <laughs> They're things which you just shouldn't be doing, aren't they, Rody? Who would go down a creek for five hours in 40-degree heat with one can of Solo? I've got no idea. You might need to call Adam Perry for that. <laughs> I think you were skipping the boat that day, so we'll put you in charge of the uh, drinks for the day. <laughs> we had all of our safety gear. We had, we did have two litres on the boat because you do have to carry two litres. Yeah. Uh, but we just conveniently forgot because I think we were all significantly dehydrated after sharing one can of solo between <laughs> four blokes. Anyway, while we're on the river stuff, a 15-pound carp from the Torrens. Rody, you and Latchy were flicking a few messages around on Facebook saying that it was half the size of some carp for you two. Yeah, well, I just remember way back in the day, as we, discuss, we, 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 uh, as we discussed a couple of weeks ago, we did do to do a bit of fishing on the Torrens in our younger years. Okay. And I reckon me and Pez hooked some sort of river monster and Latchy couldn't quite work the net that well that day. <laughs> Horrible, wasn't So it? that would have been, I reckon that would have been 30 pounds. Oh. Nah, look, I don't know. It was big, don't <laughs> Horrible call. Anyway, Isaac Cooney is a 15-year-old young fella from Finden. He caught a 6.85-kilogram carp from opposite the West End Brewery at Theberton. Quite impressively, he was using 8-pound line, corn as bait, and it took a 50-minute fight with his dad netting the fish. He's heard of one caught at 20-pound. He would have been running up and down the river following that thing. That was a great pastime of ours, wasn't it? Lying on the, in the sun on the banks of the Torrens. <laughs> Shout out to Ross Gates while you're at it. Too. He, he was spent a guru. hours on the Torrens there. He spent more time on the Torrens than at school. You're 11 <laughs> Good call. He'd approve of that too, I reckon. He'd be proud of that. He would be. All right, Rody, tell us, mate, there's some news out of Westlake. So I'm yeah. hearing that you can eat some fish out of there. This is interesting because that's always been a bit of a hotly debated topic over whether you should or shouldn't eat uh, anything caught from Westlakes. So EPA testing has found that it is safe to eat the fish from there, provided they're filleted. The PFAS levels were safe for human consumption. Now wrap your ears around this one. Per and polyfluoroalkyl substances, they're basically a group of chemicals. Okay. And we test for them to make sure things are safe to eat. Okay. And filleted fish has got the tick of approval. Whole fish and mussels were still found to have too high levels for human consumption. Taking of mollusks has actually been banned for over 20 years in Westlakes. Yes. Yeah, well, I grew up at Westlakes, and I remember it was always a no-no. We used to go down there and catch broom. Catch and release. Catch and release. And, um, yeah, it was definitely no taking that stuff home to fill it or up for the table. Dave, I taught you well then. Oh, yeah. Yep, 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 yep. Well, uh, Rody. It's been a pleasure bearing my head in the books. I might hand back the reins to you for every subsequent episode. <laughs> Thoughts? You, you haven't covered yourself in glory, really, have you? <laughs> I won a little blip, really, but it was a pretty bad blip. So, you know, we'll write that off. 
Okay, well that wraps up the fishing news, Roddy. It's time to introduce our guest. And what a guest he is, a fantastic supporter of South Australia, the regions and everything our great state has to offer. All right, we're joined here today by a very special guest, Cozzy of the South Aussie with Cozzy fame. Cozzy, thanks for coming on. Boys, a uh, lifelong dream of mine is now complete. <laughs> you too, kind mate, and uh, thank you very much for coming on the show. Let's get stuck into our five questions, which we ask every guest. Cozzy, tell us about your best fish, mate. Oh, do you know what? I reckon the best fish I ever caught was, uh, I was probably only 10 years of age, and I remember it so vividly. It was a very windy, rough, horrible day down at Wallaroo uh, at the jetty there. And mum had promised to take us fishing, so um, she did. She stuck by her word, and it was raining and blowing a gale. And uh, I chucked my line in trying to catch Tommy Russ, and I jagged a snook, and it was the first snook I ever caught. And it uh, it wrapped around the bucket one and a half times, and Ooh. we were just blown away. We could, we couldn't believe it. It was like a strike of gold as a as a ten year old boy on the York Peninsula, and that was like. That was the first big fish I ever caught, and it was just so wonderful. Yeah, beautiful. And, Cosy, tell us, what's your favourite thing about fishing, mate? I think fishing's just so relaxing. It's sadly something I don't do nearly enough. Like, um, we don't include enough fishing in the in the TV show, for starters, because um, you boys might know the stats better than I, but it's something like around about 200,000 South Australians fish every single year. Um, it is a massive pastime recreation, and, and I just love it. I think it's... Maybe it's a little bit of the hunter and gathering kind of, you know, <laughs> yes. vibe of it. Like I love bringing home a, a beautiful catch of fish and and, uh, and cooking it up, and and I just really enjoy that. I think time out on the water is just also great. I think I think any time you're fishing, um, even if you're not catching anything, you're you're relaxing, you're with friends or family, and it's just it's just a lot of fun. Yes, absolutely. You're not wrong, and it's a common theme amongst our our guests. So you uh, you've hit the nail on the head there. Cosy, mate, you talked about that snook you caught. Was that your first fishing memory, or what got you into fishing? Jeez, the first fish I ever caught. Bloody struggle to remember. I reckon it might have almost been a carp down at Lake Bonnie of Barbara when I was really, Ooh, really young. Um, but we spent, oh, man, we spent days and days and days on the Wallaroo Jetty when we were sort of upper primary school kids. Uh, Mum would just drop me and my brother off down there, and um, she'd drop us off on the, just before the right tide, and... We'd stay down there for ages, and this is before we had mobile phones, so mum would drop you down there at you know, 6 a.m., and then you'd walk down to the phone box at 4 or 5 in the afternoon and tell her to come and pick you up. But, um, the old man was the local copper in Kavina, so when he was working, he used to drive the police car down Wallaroo Jetty to just check on us, you know, and do a U-turn down at the end there and, and then drive back, so... Um, I was probably the only fisherman on York Peninsula that had a police escort. <laughs> <laughs> and hopefully a bucket full of fish too, Cozzy. Yeah, you know, like we used to only catch Tommies and Trevally and um, and we used to go squidding a fair bit as well. So, you know, a good day for us would be a couple of dozen Tommies, um, three or four squid, and we'd just be over the moon. Like we would just absolutely love it. And uh, what about, what's your favourite sort of fishing? You've talked about fishing off the jetty, a bit in the river. What's your, what's your pick of them? in the snapper fishing I was, I was loving that uh, before the bands obviously and then um, yeah we, we had some great times we did we fished for the snapper at the start of the season you know I think it's like 7, 10 or 15 or whatever it is and then all the boats head out and I think it kicked off at midday or one yeah, of the yeah, yeah. and all the boats are out there all set to go and um, we were out there filming and went off West Beach and, and went across towards um, your peninsula and everyone was all set to go 
Lions went in as the clock ticked over, and holy smoke, it was like flat out. You could have called snapper there all day. And we even did a thing where where um, we we bagged out and whatever, and um, we were just playing around and catch and release and whatever. And um, I got a little bit of cucumber from my sandwich, chucked it on the hook, chucked it down, bang, straight onto the snapper, and it's just like it just so so memorable with a group of mates. It was unreal. Yeah, that would have been awesome. And I'm sure uh, across some of those trips. Cosy, you've got a funny fishing story, or tell us about the one that got away, mate. Oh, jeez. Um, i tell you a bloody good one we did. Like, um, we went off at Coffin Bay, and we filmed a story about going out to Rockley, Greenley Island uh, off the Coffin Bay. There's a fishing... Oh, I guess you can still do it. This is probably like five, six years ago. Um, there's a fishing tour you can do, and it's on this massive boat, and over you go... Um, and again, there would have been like oh, yeah, 15 of us blokes and uh, we all took swags and that. We all slept on the boat and but just unbelievable fishing. And then um, we came back on the second day and then we um, we went back to Port Lincoln with our catch. And they had this thing at Lincoln at the time. I don't, don't know if they still do it or not, where it was like, um, I don't know, it was 15 bucks a head and you take your catch to them and then the restaurant cooked up all your fish and everything like that and it was unbelievable so you know there was like gummy shark and whiting and nanakai and um and all sorts of other fish that they all did up um for us we had this massive sports board not a very funny story but <laughs> a bloody great day Absolutely. oh you got out of filleting and then anyway by the sounds oh, i know how to, i know the funny story <laughs> well well it was uh, this was the first time i was ever in the media in south australia and it was because of fishing and what happened was I took my hand line down to the Torrens when I was about 20 and I went fishing down the Torrens and I caught a 33-centimetre goldfish, a massive oh. goldfish. And um, anyway, so I put it in a bucket and I took it home and got a half wine barrel and made a pond for it. And anyway, I had a photo of me holding this goldfish and it made the back page of the paper, this section of the, the Bill King and there's a big photo of me holding this uh, bright orange goldfish and it was the first time... I was ever in the media here in Adelaide, and it's a picture of me holding goldfish. And the and the comment on it, like when they interviewed me, it says um, Andrew Costello from Newell Peninsula said, and the, the quote is me going, um, "People just throw goldfish into the torrents; they grow massive." <laughs> <laughs> well, funny you bring that up, Cosy, because we spent half of uh, year eleven and twelve down at the torrents fishing for goldfish too, actually. <laughs> yeah, really, it, it is fantastic. Like that, and that all memorial drive straight to the torrents is. It's simply beautiful. You see a lot of people fishing down there. And yeah. Like, obviously, you're only catching carp and goldfish, but um, all the same, it is just a lot of fun. It's wonderful. Absolutely, it is. Thanks for that, Cosy. That wraps up the five questions. We're going to get stuck into some other stuff that you've been fantastic at uh, promoting across the state, and we absolutely love this initiative uh, from the government, to Same Dish, New Fish. Tell us about it, Cosy, and um, how you've been involved. Yeah, spot on. The government's been pretty proactive in the last few years at sort of monitoring fish stocks, and um, I think it's really worthwhile. It's like it's really a good thing to, to sort of invest the time before the stocks get completely depleted, or before you go, Jesus, we're not catching bugger all of these anymore, and then you realise you've stuffed up a population of fish. So one problem we have in South Australia is we're spoiled with so many different great fishing spots and species, but we do tend to hammer the same sort of line of species. So your King George whiting, you know, your snapper that we're sort of talking about, like these kind of fish kind of, kind of cop it a lot harder than some of the other species. So the government's basically just doing this awareness campaign to say to people, 
why don't you try targeting a different type of fish? Um, and, and a lot of these fish also go great in the same recipes and stuff that people cook the other species for. So they're basically asking you to swap over a little bit. Like, um, for example, instead of snapper, maybe try, you know, targeting nanagai while the bands are on. Um, mm. And nanagai are amazing eating fish. Like, uh, the, the bloke, there's a bloke from uh, Air Peninsula. He reckons that nanagai is the best eating fish in the world. You know, the nanagai with the really big eyes. Yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah, I reckon they're, they're, uh, I reckon they're better eating than snapper too, actually. Yeah, I agree with that. Yeah. Yep, yep. So, uh, but until we start catching evidence, they have been heard of it before. Um, so, so they're sort of just asking people to kind of like look at different species that they can maybe swap over. Um, and I think any time the any time the government or, or PERS and all those mobs are doing stuff that helps fish stocks, I think it's really good. Like the other one that uh, that I was a part of was uh, the whale of cuttlefish. Um, that, that's been an amazing story. The cuttlefish numbers got really, really low, and then they put some um, some bans on commercial guys from fishing them and I went diving there oh, probably about three months ago and there is literally like oh, probably a couple of hundred thousand cuttlefish along that stretch near Wyala and it's one of the best dives you can do and it's just a snorkel and a wetsuit job and it's only in you know a metre and a half two metre water but bloody hell it's interesting and if they don't do things to protect some of the stocks like that then we may have lost lost those so yeah it's, uh, it's interesting. Yeah, we, uh, we went over and dived with the cuttlefish this year too, actually, Cozzy, and it's certainly uh, well worth doing. Certainly recommend that yeah. to everyone. It's funny, isn't it? Because on paper, it looks pretty boring. If someone says to you, hey, come diving with the cuttlefish with me, you know, I remember the yeah. first time I did it probably five or six years ago, I was like, oh, geez, can you be bothered? <laughs> it was a cold day, and I was almost happy to sit it out. Yeah. But anyway, I did it, and I was like, geez, how interesting is yes. this? Like, to, to watch the whole mating, which is why they go to Wyala there, that... Um, it's, it's the rocky base that they like to lay their eggs on and stuff. Yeah. And they um, they only purely go, go there to mate. And after they mate, they die. Uh, what a way to go, mate. <laughs> um, and and uh, it's pretty weird. You're floating on the top of the surface. It's like a big fat seal. And you're looking down, basically watching cuttlefish yeah. shag each other. Like a little And it's actually quite interesting, the, the work that goes into it. They, uh, you know, they certainly love their mating rituals. Yeah. Now, Cosy, tell us about the uh, the cows for Cambodia. We did hear, you know, it's a great concept you've got going over there. We love your work. We did hear there's a couple of fish over there. Do you have a bit of a uh, bit of a crack at them as well? Yeah. Oh, hey, I tell you what, that was probably uh, one of the best days fishing. I also did it was over in Cambodia, out at these big, long, skinny canals. It's such a such a primitive uh, lifestyle over there. Where we went out with about four big, long boats and. Um, we went spear fishing for um, well, they, they go for fish, um, water snakes, water snakes, yeah. and um, and rats as well. Rats that are up in the trees in through all these uh, river systems. So yeah, that was an incredible day's fishing. But basically, in Cambodia, we loan livestock um, to to some of the poorest families uh, in the region, and then they get to keep the baby inside. And then um, basically, we get to um, we, we get the cow pregnant on the farm. And then we loan it out to the families and then uh, they get to keep the baby inside and then we take our cow back, get it pregnant and then uh, give it to another family. So that's worked really well. And we've got um, one of our full aqua, aqua, pond, uh, aqua fishery ponds there now where we uh, farm a uh, type of fish called redfish and catfish and we fatten up the fish and then they get fed to the staff and to the, the school that we've got going there. So that's been really good. Um, but it still needs a lot of work. I think we can farm the fish a lot more effectively than we do. Yeah. Um, we, we, we can improve on that a lot, but uh, it's, it's a lot of fun. I love having the fish the fish there. It's great. Fantastic, Cosy. Your work over there and your charity stuff is absolutely inspirational, mate. So that's a 
real credit to you. I'm going to throw a question to you now from one of our fans of the show, Dan Way from down at a fantastic little fishing shop at O'Sullivan's Beach, Let's Go Fishing. He's got a question for you. He, uh, very obvious, mate, that you see some amazing parts of our wonderful state, and he wants to know your absolute favourite camping and fishing location in South Australia. Oh, yeah, it's a good question. Um, Geez, I'll tell you what, the best place I'd like to walk to and go fishing tomorrow if I could is a place called uh, Stokes Bay at Kangaroo Island. Um, You know, like, the, the, the thing about that is I wouldn't care what I caught, it's just... It's just an amazing place to go. Basically, all these boulders form a massive tunnel that you kind of got to walk through in order to get to the beach. And then it opens up onto a beach that looks like a movie set. There's always, like, nobody there. And the fish in the shallows there are full on. But um, it's, it would just be a wonderful spot to just sit and just fish and just relax and chill. It's, it is, like, so, so stunning there. Um, I think fishing on the river, like, on my to-do list is to catch a Murray cod. Yeah. Um, I've never been lucky enough to do that. And, um, you know, some of those bends around Redmark and the cliffs that are on those bends is unreal. Like, they reckon they're getting Murray cod around uh, near Wilkinine Brewery there. Um, yes. And there's some insane cliffs along there. So to pull up in a boat there and, um, and catch a cod while you're having a beer, that would be gold. Yes, yeah, certainly. We've spent a lot of time up at that Wilkinine Brewery and around those parts, and it is a beautiful oh, part of the world. Yes. Another spot we have spent a lot of time is actually Stokes Bay. We hire a place there for sort of oh, nine or ten oh. days every January, which we really look forward to. And we've also this year booked in a uh, second KI trip. We're going over to the KI Cup for actually for Dizzy's Buck Show. So we hear oh, you've got a bit of experience at the KI Cup, Cosy. So tell oh, us about that. Yeah, I tried to win the KI Cup this year. I bought a horse called meant to be and it, it, it absolutely wasn't meant to be it ran terribly <laughs> and then um, I just drowned my sorrows so much uh, after losing the car that, that I don't even remember driving home or not driving home until like coming home <laughs> <laughs> so yeah I'm very scarred by the car cut. but the, the reason we went over to support that was after the fires um, we were trying to you know get as many people yeah. to the, the races as we could and it worked they got record crowds it was unbelievable it's just it's just a great day and yeah. um you know, to get over to Kangaroo especially after the fires, it's uh, it's amazing to see the country after a bushfire, and it's amazing to see see it growing back. It's also a, a very unique thing. So to get over there and have a sticky bank around and get some tourism dollars into into the Kangaroo Island area, plus um, have an amazing time, is a bit of a winner. Yeah, fantastic, Cosy. And just one more before you go, mate, because we are very much looking forward to getting into regional South Australia with an empty esky and supporting supporting everything that this state has to offer. Have you seen that from everybody? You, you're seeing a bit of bounce back out in the regions? Oh, absolutely. Like, uh, you know, after coronavirus, sort of that middle of March, when the state opened up to regional tourism again, which basically meant South Australians could once again travel within South Australia, it was unbelievable. It was like a mass exodus of people. Um, <laughs> it was like watching the wildebeest run across the plains of Africa <laughs> to get to your peninsula. And, uh, and all of that. It, was, it was insane. And, you know, from talking to a lot of the operators around that kind of July school holidays, Christmas Rangers had its, um, had its best July for ages. It was like Christmas time there. Um, and then your peninsula, same deal. So all of these regions are getting smashed with tourists. Air Peninsula is an absolute um, hive of activity at the moment. Um, and it's really good to see because the more of us from the city that go out on holiday in the regions, the more jobs it creates. Like 33,000 South Australians are employed directly in the tourism sector. So every time someone decides to go up on a fishing trip or, or even go down the jetty and, and buy a bait and carry on and you know, buy a meal while they're there, 
it all adds up so much. So the more we do it, the better. Yeah, certainly we love that about the uh, the fishing in the state. It has so many flow-on effects to the local pub and the tackle shop and some of these people we've got to know through the podcast. They're, yep. uh, they're great South Australian businesses and we certainly encourage everyone to get out there and support them. Yeah, you bet. Yeah, 100%. All right, Cosy. Well, thanks a lot for your time. We know you're a very busy man and thanks for uh, sparing us a bit of time to talk all things South Australia and obviously fishing is a big part of that. Thanks a lot for all you do for the state, Cosy, and thanks for coming on. Oh, righty, busy. It's been nothing short of an absolute honour. And uh, as I'm sitting here laying on my couch chatting to you turkeys, I'm staring at something I think you would love. I'm going to send you a, a little video. Um, the one thing I've always wanted when I was a little kid was a big fish tank. So when we did house renos, I put in a, a massive fish tank into the wall of my house. So um, the glass alone is, is 16 mil bulletproof glass. It's over, over half a tonne of glass that um, got bought into my place in sheets and then it got assembled and built in the in the living area. And then it got, um, they had like this sort of um, like crane structure to lift it up and push it into place. And it holds uh, just under two tonne of water. So- Oh, are you kidding? Yeah, I think you guys love it. It's got a fresh water stingray in it and oh. African cichlids and silver shards and everything. I reckon you, you boys would absolutely love it. Absolutely, we will, mate. Thank you very much for sending that through and thanks again for coming on the show. Wish you the best of luck, guys. Happy fishing. Cheers, Thanks, Cozzy. Cozzy. Bye. All right, guys, that was very, very good of Cozzy to join us. Diz, good to hear from him. He had some great stories, a great South Australian icon is Cozzy. And we'll be sure to uh, share that video he told us about of his, his aquarium. Yeah, I look forward to seeing his aquarium. Yeah, we're hotly waiting by the phone to see what he's got for us. Do you he jumps in the tank and cleans it himself? Ooh. What do you say? Two tonne of water. Oh, I doubt it. Nah. Don't know, mate. Self-cleaning, you reckon? You might have one. You know, you can have like little shrimp and various yeah, worms, worms, but uh, snails that clean it. Okay, yeah. yeah I'm just yeah. hypothesising though. We'll okay. wait for the video. Okay, fair enough. Alright, Rudy, we need to get stuck in the fishing report, mate, because we've got a bit going on this week, haven't we? We do. We've been good on the fishing report this week. Now, we Diz, we'll start with your week over on the York Peninsula. You stayed at your parents' place at Black Point, but yes. travelled around a little bit, did you? We did, yeah. We toured around because uh sort of got over there Saturday week ago. Weather was horrific, mate. Yeah. Blew its guts out. Saturday, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, Thursday. I think that was the only thing getting me through work. No, you couldn't go fishing. <laughs> well, I think the fish were pretty lucky too, to be fair. What, that I was at work? <laughs> no, 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 no. The weather was horrible. Because uh, it sort of swung around, which gave us a bit of protection. That was nice. We could get out in the bay, got a few squid, a few crabs, nothing to brag about. But... Uh, basically just relaxed, checked out a few sights and sounds of the area and took it easy. Yeah, what can you recommend nice? for anyone travelling over the York Peninsula? Oh, look, if you're going to Ardrossan, then you want to go to the coffee house. Good. Yep. Good brew. Good. They've just renovated it. It's nice in there. And if you're going anywhere near Black Point, you need to go in there and go and say day to Lizzie and Jared from Wilford. Yeah, they're brew fans of the show, aren't they? They are. They're fantastic. Their coffee's excellent. They do a few treats as well if you're feeling a bit naughty. And they've got a range of clothing, dears. You become some they sort do. of model. Yes, yes. Yeah, no, no. We've uh, Millie got amongst a bit of merch. Yeah. She was happy to. Could have probably picked a oblige. better model than you, I reckon. Yeah, <laughs> cool. But uh, anyway, so the weather improved on Friday, and uh, we capitalised, mate. We yeah. got out there, got amongst them, got the bag across the day. Two little sneaky sessions around the tides. Yeah, they didn't bite as hard as when um, when I'm there. We got them there a while ago. No surprise. 
but um, yeah, it was really good. Uh, Millicon, absolute stonker of a where Whiting came in at 48 and a half centimetres. Huge. I've seen you catch two fish smaller than that, mate. <laughs> Fair call. It was as big as that one we got off... Uh, Foul Bay. Foul Bay. And I reckon that's the biggest... That was 50, oh, wasn't it? That's massive, yeah. I reckon that one might have just got it, but it was huge nonetheless. Never and seen a Whiting like that anywhere near those grounds that we fished sort of towards Port Vincent. So that was... Excellent. Almost as exciting as that day we pulled over those flatties. Yeah, and they get thick, the whiting at that size, don't they? Oh, they do. They couldn't believe the slabs coming off them. So did you, uh, did you bring the fillets around for me for dinner? or <laughs> No, mate. Every time I, we go fishing together, you conveniently say, oh, I'll take them home so that I can vacuum seal them, and then they stay in your freezer. Well, look, They never make their way around town. It's not my fault you forget to pick them up. Typical. One thing we didn't have luck on, which was a bit unfortunate, was the gar. I think it might be a bit cold for them. Do they, do they get them in summer months, you reckon, dabbing? Or is it I just... think generally they're a bit of a summer species, but um, yeah, I'm not. Maybe just poor form. It was interesting because we drove out there, got the lights, bang, saw three straight away like that. Yeah. And then cruised all the way around the bay to the cliffs, got nothing the whole way. And uh, you practised a little bit of uh, same dish, no fish, new fish? We did, mate. We smoked a few Tommies. Dad and I were trying just in the bay for some gar and got the pencil floats out and we got amongst a few Tommies and we smoked them up in the Weber, which was pretty good. Yeah. They were... Uh, old Dave, Dave goes a bit hard on the salt sometimes. He does like his seasoning, doesn't he? And uh, I think he might have overcooked it on the salt a bit, but they were still good. Bit like when he used to make uh, pickled squid. <laughs> Put 500 tons of garlic in there. They had a bit of garlic <laughs> on those pickled squid. Pickled squid's probably a little bit of a, you know, new fish, same dish. Yeah. Another yeah. way of using your seafood. Yeah, yeah, yeah. No, fair call. Um, and probably the only other thing we did while we were over there is whack the pots out. Yeah, get many. The point there. Should we get them? Heaps, what month heaps. are we in this? We're in October. What, what letter does that end in? An er. So, so all good. just for those playing along at home, the uh, old wives' tale is any month with an R in it, you'll get crabs. Yes, yes. And it was true. I mean, we did get a feed of them, but nothing like we usually do around sort of November, December, January. That's through the peak February. time. Yeah. They go really hard. Yeah, they you do. just can't miss them. But that was good. Okay, so that was pretty much my week, Cody. It was excellent, and I look forward to getting over there next time and uh, getting amongst some tingers again. All right, now, it's also been good. We've had plenty of listeners tagging us in their posts. Sounds like there's been a bit of fishing going on. Absolutely. Sholzy. That's a good fish. Absolute stonker. So Sholzy out of Port Lincoln caught a big kingfish. Big kingfish. Fantastic of him to... Tag us in that uh, photo he put up. Yeah, and we gave him a share. So we just did. to show you that we're not making share. these things up. Yeah, friends, friend of the show. Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and uh, Rody, Richard, over on the Air Peninsula. Yeah, so uh, Lucy's dad, or mum and dad, are over on the Air Peninsula at the moment with, uh, with the Shoulders. They're friends. They are staying. They actually popped in a How's Your Tackle. Oh, why wouldn't you? Caught up with Boyd's mum, who looked after them. Yes. Sent them in the right direction, got them all the right gear. They are staying at Camel Beach. No mm. fish off the beach. Okay. So save, save it. Save it. Well, they didn't get me anyway. <laughs> oh, uh, you reckon you get outdoor? Oh, <laughs> fair chance. <laughs> anyway, so no fish off the beach. So they ended up heading down to Venus Bay, hired a little tinny, and they 
put together a pretty good fisherman's basket, Diz. They were big squid. They were big squid. They were big, big squid. So we shared that one as well on the Instagram story. They got some big squid. I think it was four or five whiting, some tommies and salmon. Were they leaving whiting on the bite, do you reckon? Or they just couldn't? Just I, think, couldn't, I haven't couldn't heard the whole story, numbers. but I think they just picked off a couple. Yeah. Good so job. they cooked up. I think they had the salmon for dinner last night. So they're also practicing... Uh, Same dish, new fish. Yeah, I'm going to get that right by the end of the show. Yeah, well done, mate. We'll let, you, we'll let you practice that. Anyway, so good of them to share their post with us, their picture with us. Absolutely. And um, look, the Adelaide Boat Squidders crew, uh, friends of the show, and we're friends of their page. I've seen just many a people get amongst the squids. Yeah. Port Vic Jetty, Brighton Pole, Wool Bay Jetty, all good numbers and good catches. Yeah, and I can back that up. So Shannon, one of the girls from work, she had had the family over on the York Peninsula for the school holidays. Okay. They got Tommies and Squid at okay. the local jetties. Yes. Moonter and Wallaroo. So there sounds like there's plenty of fish about. Absolutely. And while we're on the subject of squid, Sully and his girlfriend. Girlfriend. Yeah. Got amongst them. Metro. Yeah, they got a, that was a good bucket of squid. That was. Very well done to them. So Sully, he's shared a few posts with us now. He's becoming a real keen listener. We like Sully. He does. Might get him on the show. Reckon? Don't mind a cut, bit of crayfish diving. Okay. Next notable catch, we might get him on for a little segment. Nips down to uh, Salt Creek for the Mullies, but I'm not sure he got any last time. I think we told all the fans about that one. Yes, yes, we did. Also, Metro, there was a very impressive picture that I tagged you in on uh, one of those Facebook fishing pages at the Grange Tire Reef. Mm. A lot of fish in that. Mm. Some fella got a heap of whiting, gar, mm. tommies, crabs. Might need a nip out there. Mate, we don't catch nothing, Metro. <laughs> it's your bloody hope or something, mate. Anyway, we're going to give Metro... That's, that could be our news resolution next year, I reckon. Oh, I'm not coming. We've got to give Metro more of a go. Oh, we gosh. always head down to Victor or, or Warina or Yorks or KI. Mm. Maybe we've got a fish closer to home. <sighs> Loose call. Rody, 4 by 4 mate. I know it's not fishing, but you got around it. got down there to see our good friend Henry Good and Lanzi for Lanzi's birthday. Was there a few birthday celebrations going on? Did you take a birthday cake down there? Yeah, we had a cake. Did yeah. you? Uh, Prue made the cake. cake. Did she? Yeah, Prue made us a little what chocolate cake? cake. It was actually a bloody big chocolate cake. Was it? Yeah, so we had a bit of chocolate cake. Did a bit of full driving. Good idea, Prue. Me and Robbo got reasonably close to uh, testing out the roll <laughs> bar on the Pajero, but we managed to avoid all that. God, she's a safe beast, that car. Mm. Very safe. Anyway, we took the uh, Pajero and Goody's Farm Land Cruiser out for a spin. We did the Beachport to Robe track. Yeah. Stopped at Nora Carina for lunch. Beautiful part of the world, isn't it? Oh, it's lovely down there. And we look forward to that coming up on the YouTube channel, mates. Yeah, got some good footage. Oh, yeah. What about talking on the YouTube channel? Diz has got a very <laughs> nice little video that's coming out soon. Oh, so that brings us to the end of the... Uh, the fishing report. That wraps up the fishing report. And we do want to just... Well, we do... That was that was a good episode. Well, we've still got a little bit more to go. We do, but we just want to talk about the YouTube channel, don't we? Yeah, so that's that's our next little bit of social media. Yeah, it's good stuff, isn't it? You've so we been, do... You're a bit of a... You're a bit of a closet YouTuber. I reckon okay. I've got Steven Spielberg covered. <laughs> Loose call. Anyway, well, you're so, even putting the GoPro on your snorkel of the car is Steven Spielberg. Oh, pretty good little video from How's Your Tackle <laughs> last last week. Yeah, no, that was good. That was really good of Boyd and the guys to show us around. Thanks, Dan, to Dan for getting oh, behind the camera. Mate. 
Good on him. And the fishing guru's got some great stuff. Richard would have picked up a few rigs, no doubt. Yeah, we. Well, if he's anything like you, mate, you can't go within two k's of that shop without buying a handful of Dan's oh, rigs. Well, if any time you tie me a rig, they snap off, mate. That is garbage. Anyway, we are on YouTube. Our first two videos were a bit of a tour of the How's You Tackle Let's Go Fishing Complex behind the scenes with Boyd. Yeah. Geez, those pillies were fresh. Oh, yeah. Yeah, unbelievable. All of their bait, fresh. And we had a good, we had a good chat with Graham. Met him in person, Graham yeah. Keegan. That was down at the Boat Squitters Day. It was down at the Boat Squitters Day. It was great to meet so, him. And he's exactly right. When you fish with fresh bait... You just give yourself every opportunity, don't you? Yeah. So I'm going to give you a bit of a teaser of our next couple of videos. Okay. We do have a bit of uh, sand four-wheel driving footage to share with you all. Yes. Dizzy also has an absolute... This is a game changer. It's a bloody good idea for when you've got you know, your tuna oil or your nitro liquid burley from Boyd down at How's Your Tackle. Yep. How do you keep it in the burley pot? You've got to couple it with a nice sponge in there. Don't give away all the secrets, mate. Make sure you folks jump on the YouTube channel. That one's coming up shortly. Yes. Give us a like. Give us a comment on the YouTube. Share it to all your friends. We're going to get Dizzy putting on a bit of a clinic on how to fillet some fish. There's a bit Dave, of how-to. A bit of Dave Gillespie wisdom there. Talking about Dave Gillespie. He came up with that sponge, didn't he? Yeah. And you're just flogging it off as your own. Yeah, no, I'm claiming it. I'm going hard on it. There's not much... Till he calls me out, it's mine. There's not many good ideas that actually come out of Dizzy's brain. Most of them come from his old man, Davo. So anyone that, you know, is playing along at home, thank Davo for all these good ideas that Dizzy claims. Nah, the YouTube channel is getting up and about. Make sure you keep an eye on that. There'll be a few videos popping up here and there, and we'll share our adventures over the summer. Yeah, so get on there. Give us a like. Make sure you keep sending your pictures in on Facebook or yep. Instagram, as Sholzy did, as Sally did. We love to hear what you're all up to. So keep us involved. Fantastic. Brilliant stuff on the socials there, Rody. Uh, mate, it's time for possibly our worst segment on this show. So don't be surprised if the listenership drops off pretty significantly now. I've actually got on the uh, on the Buzzsprout page and there's a spike in viewers in the last sort of 30 seconds to a minute. <laughs> Every second week when it's my turn because <laughs> I know that something good's coming. All right, I don't want to hold you up because we've been here for a while tonight, guys. So here's a little quick one for you, Diz. Yeah. Why do fish swim in schools? Don't know. Because they can't walk. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. This is horrific. <laughs> That wasn't bad. Area's gone downhill. Well, it's certainly not going uphill. There's only so many fishing jokes we found on Google. We're pushing shit uphill with these <laughs> jokes. That's what we're doing. All right, well, if you're so good, you save us next time, mate. <laughs> All right, fantastic episode. South Aussie with Cozzy. Brilliant of him to come on the show. A real, real, uh, real great guest. Yeah, really good episode, dears. Thanks for joining us. Thanks for listening, guys. See ya. Rody and Diz hope you enjoyed today's episode of All The Gear But No Idea. Keep up to date by liking and sharing us on Facebook and Instagram. And you can subscribe on all the major podcast platforms. Until next time, good luck fishing.